welcome back to another episode of the Streaming Heaps that I like to call the Proof of Life episode. <laughs> we are still here. We promise. We, we're still here. <laughs> we're still alive. And honestly, is it really living if you're not podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> I have no mouth, but I must pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Lynn. Um, if you started on this episode, that's weird. <laughs> but welcome. <laughs> uh, I'll be your host as always, and the voice you hear is my co-host, the unapologetic geek himself, Eric McGill. Well, I mean, they say you should like throw away your first couple of podcasts before you really start getting going. So, like, maybe if we threw away like the last hundred episodes or whatever then this could be our first episode <laughs> i think we're so, finally getting our stride <laughs> so we're getting into the holiday mode so we're, uh, this episode and next episode at least are going to be our christmas episodes we're going to be talking about christmas movies and if um you know familiar with us uh we also talk about things we've been watching uh that we recommend uh, at the end of it as well so today we're going to be talking about the movie elf and then we're talking about, I mean, it's been so long since we potted. There's so much to catch up on. So much, uh, so many new movies and streaming things that we want to talk about and recommend to you and, you know, rant about and make fun of and gush <laughs> about. You know how it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sorry for the little bit of an absent to our listeners and to Eric both. Uh, we... You guys knew I was going away to Japan for a little while. We were supposed to do a uh, Akira episode before that. And then I got sick. <laughs> like actual then, sick. Like not drunk sick, but actual sick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, yeah, and then I went to Japan. And when I came back, I actually lost my voice like for like the last two days. So you can, you can understand how much fun I had in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so I came back and I was uh, it was a horrible time all... you were screaming in pain the whole time <laughs> at the post holiday flu and you know we we just couldn't pick it back up until now so but now we're back and we're going to be talking about Elf this episode and Gremlins next episode uh, Eric um, how have you been since I've, I've since we last talked man I think I've been fine I don't know <laughs> I've been busy on my, <laughs> on my uh, YouTube channel um and I don't know. Life is good. I, I can't really complain, honestly. So, yeah, life's good. Uh, uh, for people who don't know, Eric is in America and I'm in Australia. And we're, we're going through Christmas in very different weather. Like, I'm sweating my ass off here. Like the I'm all bundled up in a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric was just telling me right before the party. He's like, oh, yeah, we're approaching zero. Like, we're approaching... <laughs> Uh, I put it in Australian measurements, not in America freedom units. Yeah, uh, Australian <laughs> measurements, also known as the rest of the world. The rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, you're that in good company. With, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're in good. You're in good company with um, other countries that use that measurement. It's you know, uh, my birth country, Burma. You know, great company there. <laughs> <laughs> Military junta. <laughs> the junta. <laughs> we're working on it we'll get there <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um 
I guess let's just get into it. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's been so long. He doesn't even know how to introduce the show anymore. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, he what hasn't even I called you denizens to? yet. So, <laughs> oh, denizens. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, I don't know. I was like, let's do antidotes. And, I, and then I'm like, eh. I went to Japan. It was super fun. Oh, I, I did. I did see like a dozen Japanese men jump into the river. And you, I, I sent you that video clip. <laughs> yes, I saw the video clip. Uh, if so, you just uh, said you saw 12 Japanese men jumping into the river without any context, I would be horrified. <laughs> it was more than 12, really. Um, so I just, I was in Osaka at, at Dr. Buri. Like, everybody knows Dr. Buri, right? That's the the river with the running man. Um, right. Uh, and this was so serendipitous because I stay in a hotel near Dotaburi, just like deliberately so I could go to like eat around Dotaburi at night. And that night I was so tired because I already clocked like uh, 25,000 steps. <laughs> and I was like, it's nine o'clock. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go to sleep, but I don't, I don't want to move. I don't want to get out. But I'm like, no, you're on holiday. You have to get out. I'm like that on a holiday. I can't relax. I'm like, I gotta be doing things. Right. <laughs> so I, I went to Dondaburi, and Dondaburi is always busy. But I got there, and it was super packed with people that are just, like, leaning on railings. And I'm like, what's happening here? So I sit down. Uh, and then a, a man who a man dressed as a uh, as Colonel Sanders walked straight past me. I'm like, what the fuck? We'll get back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> I sit down with my uh, yakitori and a giant glass of beer, and suddenly... People are jumping into the river. <laughs> so, like, I started pulling out my phone, and every time I hear the crowd uh, cheer, I start recording. Uh, and, yeah, it turned out uh, there's a tradition when the Tigers, the Hanshin Tigers, the local baseball team, wins, they, um, uh, fans who, I and I say this term very loosely, look like players... <laughs> And, or they're just wearing that player's jersey, jump into the river as an offering for the victory. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but they also some they also now have to have somebody dress up as Colonel Sanders have to jump in as well because they think they've been cursed by KFC and they have to appease the Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Would you like me to explain that a little bit further? Would you like me to elaborate? <laughs> I don't think it's better without context. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like, 12 years ago, or whatever, a long, moment, a long time ago, um, they won a very important game. Um, and um, their celebrations were like this, but even way more nuts. And they started, like, people started jumping in, <laughs> as is tradition. But they had Randy Moss on their team, an American player. Right. And they didn't... They didn't have a foreigner there who were willing to jump into the river. Uh, <laughs> so the drunken crowd got too rowdy and ripped off the statue of Colonel Sanders from the nearby KFC. Uh, first of all, why is there a concrete statue of Colonel Sanders? <laughs> I mean, he's like a deity, man. <laughs> Japan has a very weird relationship with KFC. And they ripped the statue off and threw it into the river. And 
from then on, there was like a long stretch of uh, time where the Henshin Tigers wouldn't win a game. <laughs> so <laughs> they thought they became cursed by Colonel Sanders. And they become a running joke in Japan, man. They have like variety shows about trying to fish out this statue from the river to <laughs> cancel the curse. And a few years ago, they actually finally successfully fished that, uh, fish out that uh, Colonel Sanders. But now, instead of, like, for some reason now, they like, oh, when we jump in, we also have to have somebody dress as Colonel Sanders jump in. <laughs> so people just show up dressed as Colonel Sanders and jump into the river. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I had a great time just sitting there drinking for, like, two hours and watching people jump into the river. <laughs> and a salary man on like a FaceTime call on his wife walked past me uh, and like, uh, and he did a double take because I was drinking a liter of beer by myself. And I have like a two empty one next to me. <laughs> <laughs> did a double take and he come back and talk to me, but he was like, wow, it's like so much beer. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm Australian. Yeah. Australian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I don't look it. <laughs> but anyway sorry i had to share that story because no that that's fantastic that's beautiful <laughs> makes way more uh, sense than the curse of the bambino and stuff like that <laughs> okay like can you like i didn't know any of this like uh going in like i have no idea why they were jumping in this is something i found out after the fact out into my researching no you're just it. sitting there like getting yeah. drunk watching the absurdity i love it yeah. that's yeah. that's what i would do in that situation <laughs> what else can you do yeah, it was like a weird movie. Like, I'm, like, frantically researching, eating yakitori, and, like, uh, recording videos. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and then the cops couldn't stop it at all. Like, if the cops would line up and uh, on one bridge and all the people would move to the other bridge. <laughs> people are doing backflips into the water in front of police boats. <laughs> Uh, they combine the two things I like the most. Um, uh, be, be, being drunk and rowdy and disrespecting the police. <laughs> <laughs> but in a much more wholesome way than, say, Manchester United when they win. This is true. This is true. <laughs> there, there was no assault. <laughs> Only people getting wet. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Uh, <laughs> let's get back to the podcast right we're doing a little bit of a um a slightly different format because every christmas what we try to do is we we pitch two christmas movies right? we each pitch one to each other right um, usually we do two in one episode this year we decided to break it up so i'm pitching elf to you as a great christmas quintessential christmas movie next week you're going to be pitching gremlin to me right yes um but uh, I mean, we both have seen both movies, but you didn't recently watch Elf, did you? Like, no, last time I watched Elf was probably a year ago. Um, okay. And I'll be honest sense. with you, my history with Elf is I didn't like it for a long time just because I didn't like Will Ferrell. Um, and I never gave the movie a chance. But my wife really loves Elf. She thinks it's a great movie. So she eventually broke me down and forced me to watch it. And I've loved it ever since. I watch oh, it almost great. every year. So yeah. Well, my job is going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's no Gremlins, but. <laughs> and I, 
We'll get to that when we get to Gremlin, but I haven't watched Gremlin recently either. So, yeah, that's what I was going to start with. I was like, do you like the movie? Like The first time you watched it, you instantly liked it, even with your dislike of Will Ferrell? Also, yeah. how dare you? You're a monster. How can you not like Will Ferrell? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the first time I watched it, I think I was very skeptical. I, I, didn't, I didn't really get into it at first. It took me a little while to get used to that kind of saccharine in your face attitude of the movie. Um, but then like, yeah, uh, Will Ferrell's like a complete innocent type character. He's still loud and obnoxious, but he's like having fun and he's happy and it's infectious, you know? Mm. I do think it kind of paved the way to, uh, for Will Ferrell's later man child characters yeah, in this movie, it worse. makes sense that he's a man-child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in the later movies, it's kind of like over the top. Um, so, yeah. So overall, you like this movie then. Um, okay, let, let, let's tackle with the elements first. Like, it's clearly trying to be a Christmas classic, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sets itself up to be a Christmas classic. It's trying its hardest. It's it's doing yeah. all the beats. It's even like yeah. opening with the, the, the like animated intro, right? There was yeah. like an animated thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a um, stop motion intro. Right. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fairy tale. It's told like a fairy tale. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a storybook. Like in the, in the, uh, um, in the end, it kind of get revealed that the story we're hearing is like the book uh, that elf wrote in the end uh, right <laughs> bilbo baggins style yeah <laughs> yeah they put in a lot of effort into it man like uh, i feel like most of the films like um effort like a creative juice went into like the first 15 minutes of the movie like i feel like they try very hard to get us into the right mindset for the rest of the movie right yeah, I mean, I it think... has to it has to kind of break your sense of what disbelief is just by putting yeah. you in this completely fantastical, weird situation in the North yeah. Pole with Will Ferrell yeah. and um, Bob Newhart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the time we get to New New York, like we're on we're on um, buddy side, you know. We're not right. we're no longer like we're not like annoyed at this man child. We're more like. Walter Hobbs, come on, man. <laughs> Be nice to buddy. Um, but yeah, uh, the I love the perspe- perspective work in this. Like the all the perspective tricks they use, like they did in Lord of the Ring, to make some of the actors look tiny, some of the actors look huge. I mean, Will Ferrell look huge, and Santa, I guess. Uh, have you seen all the behind-the-scenes tricks about it? I don't think so, no. But I mean, I, I can tell just from looking at it that they actually put time and effort into the special effects, which for a Christmas movie, you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, you know, you look at something stupid effects. like Santa, the Santa Claus and the effects are terrible yeah. in that. But like this, it's actually really well done. Yeah. yeah, well, it's because it's not it's it's a practical effect. Like it's uh, uh, it's a lot. Most of it is not CGI. It's they 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 make multiple of the props. Uh and they do that. They do this. They do the cowboy switch a couple of times in a funny way. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the Will Ferrell will be holding a thing that's tiny, and then he would hand it off to an elf, and it would be used. Right. And funny every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they do these things where, like, uh, uh, characters like Will Ferrell, uh, the bigger characters are actually like sitting a lot closer to the camera than they look, and and then. 
uh, like for example, in the classroom scene with uh, Will Ferrell um, and all the children, all the elf children, and Will Ferrell like turned to talk to the girl next to him, right? Um, it's actually the rest of the class is all the way back, not all way the way in room. the background, right? And and Will Ferrell is actually right in front of the camera, and the girl and Will Ferrell is not next to each other at all. They're just looking into nothing and talking to each other. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty intense. That's pretty clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it's it's like what Lord of the Rings. It's an old with, trick, uh, but Frodo. like it's, yeah, it's yeah. always effective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like it involved building a lot of sets and stuff. I I'm surprised they put that much into Santa's workshop and stuff because you know, like it, you only see it in the first ten fifteen minutes of the movie, but it's so important. Like it sells the rest of the movie, right? Uh, and okay, so little things. Let, let, let's talk about things in the Santa's workshop. Like, what what do you think? Like, we've seen a lot of portrayal of Christmas elves and stuff, but I really like this because it's. The middle ground between cynical and <laughs> and uh and it is like definitely saccharine, but it's also like you know how a lot of things in things like Santa Claus is, uh, or like some Christmas movie they they like try to modernize they make modernized jokes about elves you know they're like oh you know it's a sweatshop or things like that right. or like a lot of jokes about modern toys and you know <laughs> of course yeah but, but no this movie straight up start with like. <laughs> three jobs for elves is like making cookies <laughs> making shoes and i like the little elf that screams like the, 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 uh, <laughs> he talked about how it's dangerous to make cookies in a wooden tree house all right and, uh, <laughs> and they catch on fire the elves have to run out and one of them screams i want to make shoes <laughs> <laughs> but it also do a little bit of that modernized joke as well like because Right before they go over the three rules of being an elf, or like three rules of Christmas, or whatever they call, they say like, "Okay, before we let, before we get into how to make the latest graphic chipset, let's go over the rules for Christmas." <laughs> so they talk about like these elves are making things like video cards as well as jacks in the box. You know, like I like the little. <laughs> Wee little world buildings when they don't need to, right? It's just a dumb Christmassy movie. <laughs> uh, and the Christmas cheer and, uh, and the rocket, um, the reindeer power rocket thing. <laughs> like, I also right. like that. Like, the humor in the in the whole movie and uh, exemplified in that beginning scene is just that it, it's it's kind of like almost wholesome and almost subversive at the same time like i don't know how else to describe it yeah yeah definitely um it's it's poking fun without cynicism like it, it's right it, it's the difference between laughing at and laughing with and this feel a little bit like laughing with i mean like it these are elves like they're not real people you know? <laughs> but still like i feel like this feel like if Elves are real, and they watch this movie. They wouldn't be offended. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get that with some movies about like Asian people and uh, you know and minorities and stuff. Some some movies you're like, oh, you're making fun of them, you know. Uh, and some movies, it, it might even be the same subject matter. It might even be like Asian people can't drive. Like both both of the jokes might be the same, but it's more like. And one movie is will be more like, oh, we're laughing alongside you. And it's usually work better when it's written by the minorities they're making fun of, you know? True, yeah. 
but yeah, that's the kind of thing. I mean, like I said, elves aren't real, but if they were, they wouldn't be offended by this. <laughs> Uh, I do bring uh, a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes facts uh, about this movie as well. <laughs> no, that's great, because like, I don't yeah, know yeah. any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so Ming Ming, uh, you might uh, recognize him as he's a dude from... He's a kid from The Christmas Story. Right. Uh, Peter Billingsley, who also yeah, yeah. shows up in the Iron Man movies. Yeah. And the Spider-Man movie. He's right, part right, of right. Team Mysterio. <laughs> he's the <laughs> he's the one that get yelled at uh, for not being able to um, box of scraps. Yeah, yeah not being able to miniaturize <laughs> the arc reactor. Tony Stark made this in a cave with a box of scraps, and he has that one line that says, "Well, I'm sorry, I'm not Tony Stark." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, this this movie is also directed by John Favreau. This is before yeah. Iron Man. So yeah, yeah. he must be friends yeah, with yeah. him or something. Yeah. Yeah. They, they apparently, um, collaborators. Um, like I think, I think Peter Bilson needs to do some writing as well. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> my favorite thing about the Jack and the Box scene, which already is pretty funny is, uh, uh John Favreau had the remote for the Jack in the Box. So, right. So Will Ferrell doesn't know when the things are going to pop out. Like, John Favreau is behind the camera deciding. So, like, some <laughs> of the trepidation is real. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like, it's such, a, such an effort to go to, to make a stupid joke. Like It's such a, like, a simple joke, but it works so yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> And it immediately get called back when he he find out that he's a human, and he's like having a breakdown and having flashbacks, and it's just the check in the box is laughing at him. The whole <laughs> oh right, time. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and of course the the dumb Will Ferrell run he does <laughs> in all the movies. It shows up first in this movie, and I love it. <laughs> I think it works in this movie. I don't think it works in any other context. Oh, you Will Ferrell hater. <laughs> I didn't say I hate him. I just don't like him. <laughs> Seriously? No other Will Ferrell movie? Um, There's a few. Um, I like... Step Brothers. Yeah, he's good in Step Brothers. I like that. Um, He's good in... um I can't remember the name of it, but the old school or something like that. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. You like old school, but you don't like Will Ferrell. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know, comedy is subjective. <laughs> How about Talladega Nights? I haven't seen it, actually. Oh, you should see Talladega Nights. I'll you give it a try. Uh... <laughs> I am definitely more open to Will Ferrell than I used to be. I used to be a lot crankier about him. <laughs> I mean, look, I can understand. Sometimes he is he is uh, worthy of being cranky. So, Anchorman, you, what do you think? He's not bad in Anchorman. Um, I will give him credit. Like, I don't think he's the funniest thing about Anchorman like other people do, no, but I do. I think he's fine. Yeah. Steve, Steve Carell Steve is the funniest thing about it. Yes, Anchorman. Steve Carell is absolutely the funniest thing about Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> I killed a man with a trident. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if my friends are arguing and they get too heated... I still interrupt it with that line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's, I gotta remember that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, I love the 
I love the line. You, <laughs> when he meets uh, his little his whole interaction with the uh, snowman that kind of looked like Colonel Sanders. Actually, now that we think about it, <laughs> you've got Colonel Sanders curse in yeah. your brain now. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene is hilarious, and I love the line. He's like, "I just found out that I'm a human." <laughs> and Leon, the snowman's name is Leon for some reason. He's like, "You are six foot two, and you had a beard since you were 15. <laughs> so weird (laughs) (laughs) and also like little weird little world building things that they don't go into like for some reason Santa and Leon the snowman has beef (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) because because because, uh, Will Ferrell's like oh Leon says New York is a hell of a place and Santa's like (laughs) Oh, don't listen to Leon. What does he know? He hasn't been anywhere. He doesn't have feet. (laughs) (laughs) But in the earlier scene, Leon can clearly move. Yeah, he doesn't have feet, but he moves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And yet Santa is played by Ed Asner, right? Like, am I I remembering that correctly? Yeah. (laughs) I think so. I think so. Um, Sander is great. Sander is great because later when he, like, Sander is the only human and he's also, like, he clearly knew about the human world because later when Buddy approached him in Central Park. Right, at the end of the movie. Yeah. He's like, back off. Like, he pulled a knife on him, I think. That's right. (laughs) Well, it is Central Park. Yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, so when we get to the transition from South Pole to America, the movie gets pretty generic. It's hitting all the generic beats. None of this is original, right? It's well, it's basically Miracle on 34th Street at this point. Just kind yeah. of a little off, but it's basically the same idea. Yeah, but uh, we... It, it just... It really had to sell... That's why I think they put so much effort in the first movie. It really had to sell Buddy to us. Like, whether or not you like the movie is going to be entirely dependent on whether or not you're already sold on Buddy by this point. Right. If you're not, you're not going to like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think? What do you think of his transition into real-world America? I think, like like you said, because that first, like, 15 minutes of putting you in this weird, wild situation in the North Pole, that, like, you're more... um, the, the the transition to the real world is just jarring enough that that juxtaposition is funnier oh. um, because you understand it. Like if you just put Buddy into New York without that preamble, you would just think this is a mentally disturbed person in New York and this isn't funny, <laughs> you know? Funny you say that because a lot of the scenes of Buddy wandering around the streets of New York... It's shot gorilla style. Gorilla style, awesome. With just one camera, so he was just an insane person wandering around the street. <laughs> the, the the bearded guy in the the white jumpsuit that he approached, he's like Santa, Santa. That's just some dude. This is some dude walking down the street. <laughs> okay, that makes it funnier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, this part is stage but my favorite part is him bursting into that place that says they have the best coffee in new york and he's just like congratulations you did <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so wholesome so wholesome <laughs> <laughs> um 
uh, that montage is a lot. Like I can't I can't remember everything that happened, but uh, uh, him eating gum <laughs> on the side of the street, even though Santa specifically warned him not to. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um. So the father character is Ed Ed Hayne? What's his name? James Kahn, right? Ah, okay. Um. Yeah, he also like had a lot of um this movie on his shoulder right like he has to be he's the straight man yeah, yeah, yeah he's the straight man but he also can't be truly awful because he still have to be redeemed at the end and honestly right. like the way he got redeemed is a little bit too easy like he just kind of changed his mind or something he point. just changes his mind it's like oh wait yeah. i shouldn't have shouted at him and then he's good all of a yeah. sudden yeah well i remember yeah, that I... being a little weird <laughs> yeah i i like i feel like this movie didn't want to overstay its welcome but I feel no, like fair. there needed to be a few more encounter um, with the father, between the father and son, where they actually bond, you know, like one or two more scenes. I can see that. And it's entirely possible there were more scenes that they had to cut it out because a Christmas movie like this, you can't make it too long. You've got to no. got to keep it no. short and sweet. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> this movie was pretty successful as well financially. I haven't looked I it up. I think so. But... I don't. Um, I mean, I've got the Wikipedia open right now. So, I mean, just look at it. Oh, yeah, it made over $220 million on a budget of only $33 million. So, yeah. Oh, wow. It made a killing. Yeah. <clears throat> I imagine most of the $33 million is also used on the South Pole as well. Probably. Uh, this movie is, uh, yeah, like, it was kind of made, like, uh, right after 9-11. So it was really hard to shoot on the streets of uh, New York, apparently. Mm, uh, I can imagine. They they weren't giving out a lot of shooting permits on New York. <laughs> uh, so, rough. <laughs> uh, so then again, this about... is the kind of movie people needed back then. So, I mean, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, it does do that trope of, like, New Yorkers coming together. They... It's not uh, nearly, I mean, in a movie like this, it's acceptable. It's not cringy like in that Spider-Man movie. Where all the crane workers decide to move their cranes so that Spider-Man can swing from one to the next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, New York is great. My first night there, uh, a, home, a homeless man threw a can at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I give New York a lot of shit, but I, I actually do really like New York. I actually, I've been there many, many times. I actually genuinely love New York. Like, to a point where I'm like, oh, is it, does this reveal something about me? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody said New York is full of dicks, and I love New York. <laughs> I think you just love dicks. <laughs> God damn it. I set myself off on that one. <laughs> I couldn't let that one go. No, no, no bad joke left untold. <laughs> um, yeah, my first night in New York, um, like I said, uh, a homeless gentleman <laughs> threw a can at me, and um, I got bullied by a, 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 a shop, shopkeeper at a... Uh, what do you call those corner shops? Uh, Bodegas. Bodega. Yeah. <laughs> Bodega. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't have any any patience for anybody taking their time at a menu <laughs> in Bodegas. No, not <laughs> at all. If you don't know exactly what you want, you, you better just get back in the back of the line. But they also have like a hundred things on the menu. <laughs> I know. It's insane. <laughs> Nowadays, though, it's a lot easier. You just like pull out your phone and you like study the menu before you even walk in. 
unbelievable. They're like, oh, we're going to sell you like everything under the sun. And then you look in the kitchen and you're like, there's like like three square foot in there. <laughs> Where is all this food coming from? <laughs> How are you making me a whole ass lasagna? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so true. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, there's a lot of iconic New York things in this, but uh, one thing that might feel slightly weird, slightly out of touch, you might have noticed that the clearly Macy stand-in is called the Gim. It's clearly supposed to be Macy's, right? yeah, <laughs> but it's called Gimbal. Uh, there's a reason for that. First of all, Gimbal is not made up. Yeah, gimbal's a real York. thing. Yeah, 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 but it doesn't exist anymore. Like, it, it, it like it, it doesn't exist in that context anymore. The giant gimbal, right? Store yeah, in New York. like it's where the Macy is, really. <laughs> um, and the reason is because um, Macy wouldn't let them shoot. Um, and uh, there's a lot of rumors. There, there was a lot of rumors going around about like, oh, Macy just doesn't want this nonsense. But uh, apparently, John Fre- John Fevreau came out and said apparently. Macy was fine with everything they wanted to do in the store, except they can't say the Macy Santa was fake. They were oh. very adamant that they cannot put it in the movies that the Santa Claus in Macy was fake in a Christmas movie because they want the kids to think that a Macy Santa is still real. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which, I didn't which know I, that. That's... You know. Just, Look, just, you know, whatever. Yeah, Protect your yeah, brand. I get yeah. it. No, I, I kind of, you know, you know, like you know, I hate corporations, but that's kind of a fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he wanted more money, he should have done what um the the producers of uh of Big did because they had Macy's and FAO Schwartz like go into a bidding war, and mm. FAO Schwartz actually won, and that's why Big the Toy Store in Big is FAO Schwartz and not Macy's. Mm. Although um, Macy. When I went to Macy, they did have that giant, um, uh, what do you the call piano it? piano thing? Piano thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> when I went to FAO Schwartz, I didn't see it. So I saw everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, the one thing that people might debate about this movie, whether or not it aged well, is the part with Peter Dinklage. What's wrong with the part with Peter Dinklage? I don't, I don't understand. So don't shoot the messenger. But some people might consider, uh, some people have argued, not just might, uh, that the joke with Peter Dinklage is offensive to. And I think this is a politically correct term. I'm sorry if it is offensive, but little people. Right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I like, don't. I, I don't. Think I don't. So. Like, I, yeah. I don't think so. Mainly because. I mean, we're talking about Peter Dinklage and he's one of the most outspoken uh, critics of that kind of humor. And if he was okay with this scene, then who am I to say otherwise? Well, I'm just some white dude. (laughs) When he did it, he might not, he wasn't that famous. So let's, I'm going to look up what does Peter Dinklage think of this scene? Okay. Uh, (laughs) I ran into a I ran into this joke. <laughs> I didn't realize until I read it. I started reading it. It says, like, Peter Dinklage's re- reaction to Will Ferrell's insult in Elf is genuine. The line wasn't scripted, but improvised by Ferrell, who is pre- prejudiced against little people. 
Despite losing the fight, the scene was left in at Farrell's insistence as he wanted the world to know how much he hated the little people. <laughs> but then I looked up and it's on Reddit r slash shitty movie details. So it's entirely made up and it got me. <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> uh, definitely leaving that in. <laughs> um, oh, God. Now all of a sudden I'm hot. It's uh, okay. You can cut. You can cut the thingies, right? Go ahead. Yeah. So my cursory glance does seem to suggest he hasn't really spoken out against the role, and he has spoken out against some of the roles he's done. Oh, he has. Uh, yeah, definitely in the past. Uh, and like he seemed to hate more um, roles in fantasies uh, um, about fantasy dwells and stuff that are. You know that use stereotypes and jokes. Um, I, I, he's right though. Like, for, if you feel like when it's a fantasy race, people try to get away with uh, uh, jokes that are not okay in real life because it's about made up things. But for things like fantasy dwarfs, well, little people aren't made up. It's, it's you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, elf racism is uh, fine because elves aren't a race, but there is like a one-to-one comparison a lot because dwarf jokes are about heights and them being right. little. <laughs> 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 like, if you, you can make you can make jokes about elves can't drive, that doesn't make anything. <laughs> but anyway, um, and okay, the reason I don't really have that much of a thing is because it's not punching down, and also like we know. The people in this movie deserve benefit of the doubt. John Favreau has made many movies, and he—I don't know, man. Uh, Just using the phrase "punching down" seems offensive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! I said <laughs> not punching down. Um, <laughs> in fact, uh, Peter Dinklage punch up a lot in this scene. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, like John Favreau deserves the benefit of the doubt, and um, he specifically. Uh, wrote this scene in because he loved, uh, he saw Peter Dinklage in another movie, I forgot the name of the movie, and he loved Peter Dinklage's performance, like he wanted him in this movie. And Peter Dinklage tried to kick ass. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he does. The fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, like, he like fucking uh, judo throw Will Ferrell like three times. <laughs> I really do like this scene. I um, love the scene, also, honestly. I'm surprised also, that there are people who are who are you know feeling sensitive about it. Yeah, but, uh, and also because Buddy is innocent. Like this is yeah, a, he's a, he's a complete a, innocent, and this is yeah, just he yeah. literally think Peter Dinklage's character is an elf, like mystical. Elf. <laughs> yeah, it's not actual bigotry. It's that he thinks yeah. it's a mystical creature because <laughs> he's an idiot because he's innocent, yeah. right? <laughs> And Peter Dinklage's character is clearly, like, a very successful... Like, they make it very clear that he's a very successful um, guy as well, you know? Um, the one thing, though, I, I wish there was, like, um, you know, in the wrap-up montage about, like, you know, as all holiday movies had to do, I wish there was, like, a scene of um, a Peter Dinklage's character and Buddy making up, you know? Uh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, that would be wholesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so that's the thing that might not have aged well. Uh, when people say you wouldn't do it in a modern movie, I think this part is true. They they probably like if 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 John Favreau made this movie now, 
that scene probably would go differently. But I don't think it's I don't think it's still offensive. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's, it's all offensive. that problematic, but I do agree yeah. that like just I think a, modern sensibilities in filmmaking are just to avoid it altogether and not yeah. even run the risk. Yeah. Yeah, because it it is a joke about it. Yeah, you know, like now nowadays, if you put Peter English in a movie, there will be no jokes about Little Person. Say whatever the hell you will say about Pitch Sales, which is a bad. He's the movie. perfect casting for Billy. He's Mitchell. perfect <laughs> casting, and they make zero joke about his height. Like, yeah, they just they put Peter English in there, and they acted as if there was nothing different between him and any other character. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean. <laughs> The movie's terrible, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, two, uh, there's three things I like about that movie. One is Peter Dinklage as that character, so that's a very broad thing. But there's two other jokes that landed for me. <laughs> One is inexplicably that weird fat dude being American president. Oh yeah, <laughs> the guy from King of Queens being American right. president. Right, right, That's very funny to me. For some reason, it's just funny to me. Like clearly, <laughs> me and uh, what's his face is on the same wavelength for this joke. That's just funny to me. And the Pac-Man creator joke. By the way, that's not really like some people think that's actually Pac-Man's creator cameoing. No, that's just some no. Japanese dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that joke. He's my little boy. He wouldn't hurt me. And then he go run away. <laughs> like, kill that. that joke. Went. <laughs> I, I will agree with you. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board with uh, all that. <laughs> uh, though, uh, there is one other thing that is um, contentious about this movie. Zoe Deschanel's role. Well, this is like, about- this is peak Zoe Deschanel when she was at her the height of her manic pixie no, this, dream girl phase. No, it isn't. This is Louis Deschanel's first real role. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting like, my timeline is, mixed up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so much so that she's using her natural hair color in this. People are weirded out by her hair in this because since then she's she have like dark hair. But that's, right. that's colored. <laughs> this is her natural <laughs> hair. <laughs> She does look weird in that in that natural hair color because we're so used to seeing her. Just because we're not used to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, no, the contentious I... thing is putting putting um, young little cute girl like her as love interest for people like Will Ferrell. That's you know that's the thing we used to do all the time. Yeah, it's it's problematic, but it's not nearly as bad as earlier examples. Like. It's another one of those cases where I don't think they would do it again today. But in the early 2000s, it was rife with that. Like, I can... Even in, like, Superman Returns, they had, like, Kate Bosworth looking like she was 18 or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Well, certain other arguably Christmas classics also have this problem. Love Actually. Love Actually, yeah. (laughs) Um, What's the face? Um... Uh, get married in that movie and she was only 17 yikes yeah uh i mean her character isn't supposed to be 17 but the actress is but the actress right yeah uh marry that grown-ass man that was in serenity (laughs) (laughs) my brain doesn't work it doesn't remember names it just remember associations that's totally (laughs) fine yeah (laughs) like me at trivia is like i remember like things but i have to like 
my friends have to solve the puzzle of what I'm saying first. <laughs> what are I'm you like, talking about? Like, <laughs> they'd be like, and the, the answer would be a car actor, and I'd be like, he's that dude. He's the he's the dude from Serenity. He's the he's the operative. <laughs> <laughs> And I, just I can't even think of the actor's name off the top of my head, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but um, Will Ferrell's character is supposed to be 30, around 30 in this, because in the beginning of the movie, uh, uh, the the Papa Elf says, uh, no human has been in Santa's workshop until about roughly 30 years ago. So he's roughly 30. Yeah, but um, mentally he's like 12. Yeah, but Zoe Deschanel's kind of look like 19. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not defending it. Don't get me wrong. I do think that it's a problem, but like, it doesn't bother me too much. It's not like Roger Moore's James Bond with like a 19 year old Bond girl. That's yeah. Up. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know how, how old Zoe Deschanel is in the movie and how old Will Ferrell is in the movie. The way they show it, though, Zoe Deschanel's character is supposed to be at least in her 20s, right? Because she does have her own apartment and she she's working full-time. She's not like... Right, yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, the ugly, weird dude, hot girl trope is still weird. But uh, what, what do you think about their relationship? Do you buy it? Um, I, I, I kind of... But, like, I don't buy that it gets romantic. I, I buy that they would become friends. Um, and I like the dynamic of somebody who is, like, a more cynical New Yorker, like, falling in love with, like, somebody pure. Um, yeah. Like, Will Ferrell's character. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some like, of I can the buy scene, it, kind of. Some of the scene in Zoe Deschanel's acting actually goes a long way towards selling it. Like, on their date and stuff. Like, how he's just really enjoying that Christmas tree and like he has that pure joy and Zoe Deschanel look over and you can see in that scene I'm like I get how she would fall for somebody like him but the character of Buddy is also so exaggerated that if you step out of suspension of disbelief for a second it's like hey girl you're going into on a date with clearly mentally impaired person right <laughs> you don't yes. know Santa exists <laughs> not yet <laughs> This guy's insane. <laughs> but it happens all the time. Guys and girls still fall for guys and girls that are insane. Especially in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm dating that guy who threw the can at me. <laughs> oh, did he move to Australia for you? Oh, that's true love. <laughs> It's jokes like these that make random people think I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have encountered recently, like, uh, I didn't even realize there was a couple of, uh, not a couple, like one or two casual acquaintances that clearly thought I was gay and I was shocked when they found out I was <laughs> <laughs> And then they tried to hide it and it's very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I like Zoe Deschanel in this. Uh, so another background um, info is the original role of Zoe Deschanel was actually a lot less. She doesn't have that little story arc about singing. Uh, but when right. they hired Zoe Deschanel and realized that she can sing really, she can like really, really sing, uh, they, yeah. they added that bit on. Which is good because I feel like Zoe Deschanel's character is already a little bit thin. And if this movie 
have any problems is that all of their female characters are just not really characters. They just pure yeah, they're vessels. Kind of in. Yeah. yeah. They just great pure dreams. Like which kind of fit the the holiday aesthetic of like idealized human beings. But like people like Walter are still terrible <laughs> <laughs> of the movie. Uh, it's it's kind of weird that they only have two main woman character and they both like pure little angels that support their men. You know kind of sweet and a little meek, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh I I wouldn't I call mean, Mary Steenburgen. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're not really that they, meek. They they you, but I you I know what you mean though. No, not, not meek, but there should be another word for it. They kinda like harmless, you know? <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> but unintrusive, you know, they just kinda <laughs> Part of the scenery. <laughs> um, Walter's wife is one of them. Like she's so. According to Lynn, women are just vessels, and that they're part of the background, hey! the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> according to this movie, what are you? What are you doing? I'm just putting words in your mouth. It's it's. So <laughs> what I said at all? Um, yeah, um, Emily uh, uh, Wilter Hobbs' wife. Is also super cool. Like she's just a super nice lady, and I guess you kind of have to be to stay married to this dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, she's just like she's just letting him get away with everything, and then she's like super excited to have Buddy in her his her, her house. It's so funny. Uh, but uh, uh, speaking of musical singing abilities, uh, she has a band called She and Him. I love that band. Check it out. I've but, never uh, heard it. I mean, I know uh, of it, but I've never actually heard the music. Uh, it's just high, high on a friend. Uh, but if you hate Zoe Deschanel's uh, reputation as a manic pissy dream girl, you're not going to like her songs. It is very manic pissy dream girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, she does, uh, she and him have a couple of sounds on their 500 Days of Summer soundtrack. Right. Because she does okay. all her own singing on that soundtrack. Uh, Why Do You Let Me Stay Here from that uh, movie is, it's a, she and him song. Oh, okay. So I guess I have heard it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and of course, the classic scene is uh, you, you sit on a throne of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't smell like Santa. You look like beef and sweat and sadness. <laughs> I mean, it is probably the funniest part of the whole movie. So, like, I understand why it's been memed into oblivion. It's great. Yeah. I also understand why Macy probably don't want that scene. Uh, I do have one complaint. Uh, uh, John Favreau's cameo in this uh, as a a pediatrician. A random pediatrician in New York can do DNA tests? (laughs) Like, what is that about? (laughs) That's not how DNA tests work. (laughs) And also, like, it was just done while they were waiting. Like, (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was, it was like it takes a lot longer even, than that. Even now, <laughs> not even same hour delivery. It's like same, not even same day delivery. It was like same hour delivery. Right. We, <laughs> uh, uh, I love the little jokes, like just weird little jokes, like him handing Emily, uh, the wife character, a bag, <laughs> a big of spaghetti. bag full of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the one thing about that movie, this movie is though, like, it, 
uh, you have little character building snippets, and then the uh, the third act is almost like a different movie. <laughs> it, entire, it is, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the entire part that is set in the uh, in Central Park is very weird. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Why are they evil park rangers? <laughs> <laughs> Don't Fantasy know. <laughs> I also love the joke that they got into trouble. They're still under investigation for um, the level of violence used at breaking up the crowd in a Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> concert. Such <laughs> a throwaway joke that I love. Um, I there's so many little throwaway jokes in the last this Central Park bit of the movie that I love, like. They they're ring rates like they, 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 the the <laughs> rangers are ring rates like that's the joke. There's four of them, and at one point they were on a battlement of a castle for some reason. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember a castle in Central Park. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, but there's also other little things like the the. The real news ladder, news lady, like I, I believe she's a like actual uh, New York news lady at the time, that was quite popular, uh, and she's she's doing the interviews, and one of the interview guys is a comedian. Apparently, he ad libbed all his lines where he's just like in the middle of the interview, constantly hitting on her, <laughs> hitting on her. She's like, "You're lovely. You're my favorite." And then he's like, "Oh yeah." And then I saw it land over there. You know, you have like really trustworthy eyes. That's what I like about you. <laughs> <laughs> and she she's she can't even hold it. She's just breaking character. She's laughing the whole time. <laughs> and the captain is. And also the deep cut joke about like the TV being like, and um, there are reports of a man dressed up as an elf wandering around Central Park, and it's they recreate the Bigfoot footage with with, with oh, the right. elf character. I forgot <laughs> like, about that. They do the they do the entirety of the Bigfoot footage, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why do you do that? Like this, half the people will get this joke, not even. <laughs> I don't know, like, it feels to me like the first three quarters of the movie were written by one person, and then that last, like, climax and ending of the movie was just, like, somebody had to come up with something and just, like, threw everything at the wall. Yeah, it's still funny. It's still funny. I like I like the evil ring rates, and I like the little explanation that they're evil because they've been <laughs> they want revenge for being on the naughty list like some <laughs> random four park rangers uh central park rangers <laughs> that are like have this two decade long beef with <laughs> santa <laughs> but of course the wrap-up is very stereotypical christmas spirit everybody sings so Deschanel get to do a little singing from what I understand of New York, uh, there's more chance that they would have told her to shut up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you don't sing in Central Park. <laughs> you can get away uh, with doing lots of shit in Central Park, but not singing. <laughs> what kind of things? <laughs> <laughs> On advice of counsel, I uh, I tried to answer that question. <laughs> uh, look, I want to be honest with you. Zoe Deschanel is one of my major teenage crushes. <laughs> I can I, see I do, that. I do like a manic pixie dream girls. And I have to admit, her dress in elf costume does awaken something. 
<laughs> Sorry, okay. manic, el- manic elf dream girl. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned something today about Lynn. <laughs> Hard dress in the Macy slash Gimbal elf costume, already great. But in the ending wrap up where he goes to North Pole and he's dressed as a traditional elf costume, even hotter for some reason. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> that, that is the question of this podcast that we've been trying to figure out for however many episodes we've been doing this. <laughs> but yeah, anything you want to add about the entire wrap up of the show? Not really. Like, um, I barely like I, I I do remember the movie, but I don't remember it very well. So like, I I can't really speak intelligently about it anymore. <laughs> they have a kid. At the end, Sue Deschanel and Will Ferrell's character. Um, um, they they that that's the scene where they visit Papa Elf. Like, he, right? They have a daughter that who he named after his mom, Susie. Um, oh, right. I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Buddy should have a kid. I don't think that's it. It brings up questions you don't want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Things you don't want to think about. <laughs> I could stand to think about it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm still thinking about Zoe Deschanel in an elf costume. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this movie needs like a, 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 a few more series of montages about post end of the movie. I would like, I would like that. I feel like it's weird. No, like you said, like, like Peter Dinklage making up with Buddy and yeah. other stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like holiday photos of the whole family on holiday. Papa Elf coming and visiting New York. Things like that. You know? Okay. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's usually like one of the more fun things about these kind of movies. Yeah. 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 Even if they were just drawings, you know? Um, taking Santa on a tour of New York, things like that. Right. <laughs> Santa fighting a homeless man. <laughs> uh, okay, so have I... Look, I feel like this was an easy pitch for me because you were already on board, but have I cemented, especially the extra facts, oh, behind-the-scenes facts I brought, have I cemented the roles of Elf as a quintessential Christmas movie? Will you be watching it this year? I will probably watch it this year. I don't know if I would call it a quintessential Christmas movie. It's kind of um, traitor. <laughs> it's kind of like it's a uh, it's like fast food or like a, it's like a, it's like candy. It's like I mean that's what it's trying to be, but it doesn't. I don't think there's a lot to it. It just it is what it is, and it is I mean, fun, you're, you're but. Just... You're describing Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about gremlins, I'm going to be talking about some serious political shit. <laughs> yeah, I can see your notes. <laughs> and the first heading is the right-wing interpretation, <laughs> xenophobia. So look forward to that next episode. <laughs> um, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about a lot of the stuff we've seen in the interim that we've been dying to talk about, but we haven't had yes. outlet. You know? You know? 
I have no mouth, but I must scream kind of the <laughs> podcast content coming out because uh, like Marvels, all the Godzilla, our Godzilla so cup much runneth Godzilla. over. <laughs> the Kaiju cup runneth over. And I've, I've watched some anime, uh, The Boy and the Heron, and I really want to sell you and the audience about this show, Pluto, which you know nothing about. <laughs> uh, isn't that like Mickey Mouse's dog? <laughs> it kind of is Mickey Mouse my dog, but it has nothing to do with Mickey Mouse dog. Uh, so we're going to take a little break. After the break, we're going to recommend you all these new shows that you can binge during the holidays. Okay? So don't go anywhere. I won't. <laughs> Not... <laughs> <laughs> Not you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go get some ice. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Yeah, I never went anywhere because you told me to stay here, so I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You're a liar. I saw you leave. <laughs> <laughs> You're a new kind of mountain dew right now, and I just saw you wolf down a giant slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so all this talk uh, about New York, you know, it just made me hungry for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? I don't I didn't like New York pizza. That's heresy. Be, I don't know what you're talking fair, about. To be fair, like I'm not a big pizza guy anyway. You know, um, I don't really like bread that much. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, team, <laughs> I'm team rice. I mean, I like them both. I like I, I'll I'll chop into a good garlic bread. For me, bread is delivery mechanism for things I really want to get to. Bread is something I eat because it's not socially acceptable to eat Nutella out of a jar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird to just have a handful of ham <laughs> or bacon so i have to put up with bread <laughs> so i mean i'm guessing you like like indian food where you take like the naan and you like dip it into the rice so you have both bread and rice yeah but i dip it into the curry sauce not rice oh, okay <laughs> i don't know i mean i mean i love bread and i love rice and I, I eat more bread than rice, but only because uh, I'm, I'm diabetic and rice makes my blood sugar go up. <laughs> oh, uh, there's, there's, there's specific rices that won't do that. Yeah, but they don't taste as good. <laughs> <laughs> this is just me talking about alcohol and alcohol-free beer. <laughs> no, I, I want to get drunk. I want the ethanol. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, the big thing that for some reason happened while we were on the podcast break is Godzilla's. Godzilla's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we are beset on all sides by Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're not even like, we haven't even consumed uh, animated material. Like, apparently, there's an animated Kong series that is set in the MonsterVerse. I didn't even know about that. There's also Godzilla Earth anime. That one's weird. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's been a lot of bad Godzilla anime in the last couple of years, so yeah. <laughs> oh, that that uh, there's another different anime that's pretty good. I haven't finished it, but that it's like a reinterpretation of monsters, and it's pretty good. Like Rodan isn't just one creature; it's just like a slum of pterodactyls. 
Well, that's uh, like more in line with the original Rodan. Rodan was supposed to be multiple creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty good. It's about like a, a a company that is like trying to build a machine that to fight these monsters. It's like it, it's it's built like a weird little shitty Mecha Godzilla kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's kind of fun. Uh, it it have a, a lot more tonally in common with Monarch than the traditional Godzilla movies. No, I mean like. Uh, you know, I, I I'm just going by what I've heard from about these other shows. But honestly, I've never seen a Godzilla I didn't like, except for that iguana that stomped through New York for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> every once in a while, like because the internet is so full of hot takes, and every once in a while they like, oh, the 1985 or, or 95 or whatever is it 95? I think it's like 98. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 98 Godzilla. Let's just call it Roland Emmerich Godzilla. Roland Emmerich Godzilla <laughs> is an underrated Godzilla. And I'm like, no, it's not. Shut no, it's up. not. It's, it's garbage. <laughs> John Renault is great. Everything else is terrible. <laughs> I mean, that movie has a line, that's a giant pile of fish. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Like, stop defending that. Like, why? <laughs> and it has a runny joke about people not being able to pronounce the main character's name. I'm like, you know your Papadopoulos Godzilla movie, right? What the fuck is this? Yeah, what's happening? Stupid how, movie. how did Godzilla get into the subways? <laughs> and then, like uh, at the end, it randomly becomes a Jurassic Park movie for some reason. I yeah, with much yeah. worse effects. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, a lot of French people get killed for some reason. Well, I mean, that's that's just an American tradition. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about like Godzilla minus one, Monarch, and then new Godzilla Ace Kong trailer. Uh, I consume Godzilla minus one really weirdly. Uh, <laughs> you mean awesomely? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched it while I was in Japan, and yes, I know I watched movies while I was on holiday, but it's part of the experience, and also. I make sure to go to the latest show and the earliest show. Um, so, you know, so it doesn't really interrupt my holiday. And nothing in Japan opened until like 11. So actually, uh, watching movies in the morning is actually great because only food is open in the morning in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, temples that never close. But like attractions and shops, everybody open at like 11. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I... I uh, in Tokyo I stayed in Shinjuku. Uh, and what's in Shinjuku? The Doho cinema, the literal like uh, it's considered their main cinema, their biggest cinema. Uh, and they showed that by having a giant Godzilla head poking out from top <laughs> of the thing. Uh, it's it's supposed to be life-size Godzilla. Uh Modern Godzillas are a lot bigger now, but it is like if actually it's the size of the minus one Godzilla because the minus one Godzilla is they're going back to the roots. It's quite small compared to other Godzilla. Uh, so I I was like, hey, this is the new Godzilla movie is coming out, and I'm right next to the literal Godzilla cinema. I have to watch it there. So I watch Godzilla minus one in Japan with four eggs extreme seating where they shake the seats and they spray water and there's little fans and there's God even little it. things that rush the back <laughs> of your head and stuff. I watched it in 4X but it was entirely in Japanese. 
<laughs> so I've seen this movie and I've seen looked it looked up the plot for the, some of the stuff I missed, but I haven't actually seen it in a language I understand. <laughs> Um, so people should go watch it. This is great. What do you, what did you think? I think this is, this is an incredible Godzilla movie. This is like one of the absolute best Godzilla movies. It blew me the fuck away. Um, it was, I went in knowing nothing about it, like absolutely nothing. I didn't even know the time period it was set in. I didn't know it wasn't set in the modern day. So okay. like I, going in, I knew absolutely nothing. And I'm like, okay, we're going to before the bomb. That's interesting. And yeah, this is. It's almost like a Godzilla prequel. It, I mean, it's not, but it kind of feels like one. Um, well, I mean, the original Godzilla is set during this time as well. Well, the original Godzilla is set in the 50s. Um, and it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, after, yeah. after Bikini Atoll. Yeah. This one's just like the the, the bomb. Like yeah. bombing Japan, Hiroshima um, is what set Godzilla off. Um, but Godzilla was already there and he was already like a big giant creature. But yeah. he wasn't the giant creature that is Godzilla. He was just like a really big lizard. Like he was able to yeah, stomp like around on an island. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you actually see him eat people, which is something you've never no, actually no, no. seen before. He never eat people. They, ve- they very <clears throat> carefully make sure of that. He pick people up and toss them. It's a it's okay. a rule. It's rule of. It is a rule that you're Godzilla, that Godzilla doesn't eat people. Godzilla yeah. doesn't eat people. If you rewatch that scene, he always toss those people. He bite them. And then he tossed them away. He never okay. any of them. <laughs> now that makes me feel a little better, honestly. Yeah. I was a little worried about that. Um, yeah. But let us be clear, just because he doesn't eat people, this is not like the monster versus Godzilla. And let's not compare because in no, the Japanese totally movies, as, yeah. in the Japanese movies as well, in some of the iteration, Godzilla does become uh, a good guy. Like he, he even get a lot more goofier than the monster verse. Like some people are complaining about monster and Godzilla being a good guy. Like that is tradition or, uh, a lot of original Japanese uh, Godzilla are also where he's good guys and goofy and he's friendly and stuff. This is not it. This is return to form. Godzilla is an asshole. <laughs> this is a scary motherfucker. And yeah, he is an asshole. <laughs> he's so mean. <laughs> like, I know he's a monster, but uh, in most Godzilla movie, you feel like Godzilla is mad about something. He's attacking something uh, or attacking another monster. And the destruction is a byproduct because he's a giant monster fighting, right? Right. Not this Godzilla. This Godzilla came to learn to fuck shit up. (laughs) He really is just a force of nature in this one. Yeah. (laughs) There's a scene where he's just like looking at a building and just clawing the fuck out of it for no reason. <laughs> and I, I, I like legit went like, Jesus, calm down. And I'm like, wait, this is a monster movie. What, the, what am I doing? But I mean, Especially as much as like, <laughs> you know, what's sad. The only movie I've seen in that like special seating and everything is, um, Gemini man, which is a terrible oh, movie. No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> look my wife really likes liked will smith <laughs> so like we went to go see gemini man just because it was two will smiths and god Man. i wish i hadn't <laughs> the, the checks out if you like will smith you do get twice as much <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't like that movie either <laughs> um yeah so this godzilla you liked it i take it 
Um, yeah, and it's it's not just like I mean, this Godzilla is great. This is a great Godzilla. He's he's smaller than usual. Yep. Um, this may be the smallest Godzilla. I mean, it might yep. be around the same size as the original Godzilla, but it's basically really small. Um, yep. His only real new trick is that he can regenerate, which is kind of cool. Um, well, Godzilla could always regenerate, but he but this is like that... instant like healing yeah. factor, like Wolverine yeah, yeah, kind of regeneration. Level, yeah. yeah. Um. But the human story in this one is really intense and really powerful. Um, yeah. And I'm curious how you dealt with that when you saw the movie and didn't understand what anybody was saying. Like I one of the last one Sorry. of the last lines of the movie is, is like is like a gut punch. It's really good. It's that um, is your war finally over that she says to him when he finds her in the hospital. Well, I, I didn't I didn't get that. I was more like, what's growing on her neck? I know. Sequel. <laughs> 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 so maybe like I, I do fully intend to rewatch it in English. Uh but um I feel like a lot of the things I didn't require language to get his story beat. Like I, I know mean, about the PTSD and I know about right, his it's basically just guilt. survivor guilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that I think that's pretty obvious even if you're not understanding what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. So the one thing I didn't know until I looked up is like I thought it was only implied that he was like on a kamikaze mission. Uh, I I thought he didn't want to fight, so he faked. Like, I, I got from the context and the tone that he didn't want to fight. He didn't want to... Uh, he, he, he chickened out, so he faked uh, uh, mechanical malfunction. But I right. think... Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If I knew what they were saying, it's very... It's a lot more heavily implied, if not outright stated, that it was supposed to be a kamikaze rant, and he didn't... He didn't do it. He yeah. faked it. Yeah. That's the whole point. And like, yeah. he has to deal with that shame and everybody judging him for being a failed kamikaze pilot. Cause he chickened out. Like that's, that's where most of his guilt is coming from. Um, is that he, up, man. <laughs> he wanted to live and that's why he's being punished. Cause it was dishonorable to yeah, want and, to live. And that's what the whole movie's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't want to talk too much about outside factors, but for the people who are like, this movie's not political, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is all about politics. You just didn't get it. Like, and also right. you you think politics is putting like women and people of color in <laughs> movies. <laughs> By the way, this movie, you realize these are Japanese people, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie is is very political. The whole thing is about politics. Like, I I didn't even watch it in English, and I got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And post war Japanese politics is a fucking minefield, and this one walks it very carefully. Um, I I it, it it is at times worryingly nationalistic. I mean, yeah, but I kind of expect that. I mean, we're I mean we're not watching a. Uh, we're not watching a Kurosawa movie or something. So. <laughs> yeah. I love Japan. You know that. I, I just came back from Japan. Yeah, you fucking weed. <laughs> I like, so let me preface all of this by saying like, I'm clearly a big fan of Japan and the Japanese people. But considering their history and how they, as a country and as a generation, never really... Uh, admitted to a lot of the atrocities nationalistic Japan did, in, in, especially in World War One and Two. Um, it worries me when I see national Japanese nationalistic pride on the rise. 
I don't know. Like, I do feel <laughs> like this movie, this movie does deal with some of that. Like, I mean, there's all these undercurrents of guilt and they do talk about it in the movie. They do talk about, um, there's the one kid who wants to go to war. Yeah. He's, he's ashamed that he never, never was able to go to war. And the other guy's yeah. like, not being in war is something to be proud of. Um, which See, is, I is, got, I got that. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised how I managed to, how, this, I don't know how, how you figured that movie. out. <laughs> well, like, all the, like, I didn't know what they say, but like, I knew he's a young kid and how gun ho he is about the thing. And I, I saw the scene where he just grabbed the kid by the throat and yell at him and the other fishermen slash the people who was, they, 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 they do, they, they work getting rid of mines on the thing. Um, for the audience who hasn't seen it, and the other the other guy is like shaking his head and said something about him being an idiot because that's one of the few Japanese words I understand. Baka. Baka. <laughs> yeah, right. um, so Which I did said a lot part. in this movie, um, yeah. but no, like I do think that the movie is trying to in a in a subtextual way. It's trying to say that the way Japan was headed, the direction it was going, mm-hmm. nationalistically and politically, was was suicide it was it was it was the kamikaze state and this is about coming to grips with that and learning a new way to go forward to actually live um yeah. and i think i think there's some there's some good political subtext there that's not entirely nationalistic yeah. do you would you agree with my assessment that if the original Godzilla is a metaphor for the atom bomb i think this Godzilla is a little bit more like a reference a stand in for america <laughs> No, I don't really see it that way. I think I think Godzilla is just a stand-in for for guilt. I mean, it, it's just a personification of guilt. Uh, I see that as well. But here's the thing: even from the naming and the uh, marketing of this, this this Godzilla, this is called Godzilla minus one because the the way they say it is the war bring the war brought Japan down to zero, and now a new threat has emerged to knock Japan down to even minus one. You know, and right. Godzilla repeated attacks, and the way talking about talking about Godzilla and stopping Japan from healing, I kind of feel like it's a little, also a little bit of a metaphor for America after the war and all the sanction and all the requirements they put Japan under under that that really like stopped Japan from um, being prosperous. You know, rebuilding. I mean, they do talk about it a little bit. Um, especially like when he's trying to build a new life in the wreckage of his old home, like the literal wreckage. Um, they do talk about going to the Americans to get rice and other supplies and how the Americans are just um, basically holding them down. Um, <laughs> and but... I did see that, that letter in English about like, I from Eisenhower or something. That's like, <laughs> that's like it's tough luck. Of your way. <laughs> but like, I feel like this is very true to Honda, like Ishiro Honda, the guy who who directed the first Godzilla. Um, he was very much about not putting blame on any particular nation for anything. Like he didn't blame America for the nuclear bomb that set off at uh, the Lucky Dragon and, you know, all that stuff. Um, even though he probably should have. It was totally fucking America's fault. But... <laughs> Ishiro Honda was all about you have to move forward and in order to do that you have to acknowledge your own role in things and not sink to just blaming others for everything that goes wrong and that's the only way to to progress and that was a very Ishiro Honda statement he said that in a lot of his movies even his non-Godzilla movies um 
And I think this movie was kind of true to that. Um, I've seen a lot of Japanese cinema that is a lot less forgiving. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see it the way you do. Fair. I also need to rewatch it in English as well. Yeah. Uh, but man, I loved it. I loved it even in like I could follow all the beats. Uh, there are a couple of things I needed to clarify for like with language. Like for example, I didn't like uh, for like. 10 like first 10 15 minutes of her her introduction i thought that woman was his sister (laughs) (laughs) because especially because they keep calling each other like one of them call each other brother or like or sister i can't remember which way around but i i understand the word for uh, onisa (laughs) right i can't remember which one it was it was onisa and okasa and i'm like oh are they sister but you know they're doing the asian thing where they call each other brother or sister and for most of the movie their relationship kind of feels like brother and sister so i can see that it's not until towards the end of the movie that he realizes he actually i mean i think he knew very early on that he loved her but he didn't yeah. he didn't love himself like he didn't think that he deserved yeah. any of that because he should yeah. be dead he was a walking dead man in his own eyes so like yeah. he didn't he didn't try to pursue any kind of relationship he even told her to get out a few times so i didn't realize how many people were telling him to kill himself <laughs> <laughs> I only knew about that. I know about the subtext of the angry anger and the thing, like, and people are angry at him for the, um, you know, like, as a, they weren't respecting him as a soldier. Like, his survival guilt is not just internal. Like, other people are kind of reinforcing Oh, yeah, totally. Him. Like, as I soon as that. he gets back to his town, like, that old lady across yeah, the street exactly. is yeah. blaming him for everything. He's like, people yeah. like you who don't, who don't fulfill their duty are the reason we're in this mess. Yeah. So I don't know about the words. I knew that he was like she was clearly play, blaming him for, uh, but I, I didn't realize people were just literally being like you should have killed yourself <laughs> <laughs> you should be dead yes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let's talk about that atomic breath you say his only new ability is a regeneration but I say this the sheer force of his new atomic breath is also a new ability especially because his spines cock like they, they now okay that's pretty cool yeah that's new yeah. that's we haven't seen that before it's like a but, revolver i mean yeah this atomic breath is intense and it's very yeah. cool and i love the explosions but compare that to shin godzilla it's nothing the, the, the atomic breath in shin godzilla is absurd it's anime levels absurd oh yeah but that's like a rail gun like <laughs> that's like yeah that's like a like a that's like it's like the death ray. star ray yeah but this one's more effective and maybe it's because i was watching it in four eggs uh, they turn because even in a regular the theater tricks. it kind of made my balls tremble you know <laughs> <laughs> they turn on all the tricks for that scene like um there's a little picture saying like, "Hey, you can like you can bring food and drinks into this, but you know, like, be careful, you might spill." And I was like, "Oh yeah, they're being silly." But <laughs> when that when that thing bo- go off, my popcorn went everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like they turned on the seat is at maximum vibration. They doing the wind thing. They like hitting me in the back of the head with a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, Let's not talk about the ending because I want people to go watch it. You should, people should go watch it. Uh, it's really good. Another thing I do want to say is, yes, they made this movie on a shoestring budget, but I am a little bit tired of people who are like, <laughs> the worst of the internet has taken this movie as their champion. 
you know, like it's like I oh, love people know? who are using this as an example to prove that Hollywood needs to stop doing franchise movies. And do they realize this is like the thirty fifth Godzilla movie or whatever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, oh, uh, uh, you know, when uh, when they just tell a story and doesn't have a message. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is one of the most heavy-handed movies I've seen in a while. <laughs> also, you can't tell a story without a message. Whether yeah, of you course. You or not, like, storytelling 101. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, another thing is people are like, oh, you know, Hollywood is just wasting money. This is true. Hollywood, well, yeah. some some Hollywood budgets are like insane. Uh, that's but also that's because they have to pay big name actors. But also, don't celebrate this movie's low budget too much. It's because they have very little workers' protection in Japan, <laughs> and they <laughs> routinely treat CGI uh, animators as <laughs> shit, even more so than. Yeah, I was about to say, as compared to us Americans who treat our CG people great, <laughs> and, and their wage is insanely low like um even for big studios like studio ghibli and toho um cgi and animators get paid like something like two three hundred dollars a week you know like nothing and their (laughs) hours are way worse because i mean they got that horrible work ethic expectation they don't even have a concept of hours in those kind of jobs they only have concept of deadlines (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um and like the director clearly doesn't have a good work-life balance he talked about like him doing his own animations and like staying late and stuff and you know like admiring japanese people for their work ethic is good but they clearly a country that has gone too far like if you if you know i don't disagree with that you know salary man like you know this so like yeah let's not go there but okay let's talk about uh, anything else about uh I just want to say I went to go see it with my wife and my son, and they loved it as much as I did. So, how old is your son now? He's uh, uh, fourteen. He's about to be fifteen. Oh, okay, so he he's uh, not no, he's not yeah he's he was like twelve yeah no. um, so he's he's not like scared by things like this because I thought you said he doesn't do really do he used to be like really like sensitive to things like this, and I would not have taken this to him this that I would not have taken him to this movie even a year ago, but he's, he's developed a lot and he's gotten over a lot of his issues. So yeah, this was good, good for him. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, this has a, uh, this does have a similar ending as the dark Knight rises. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Monarch. The other, uh, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I've only watched the first three episodes. Um, and it's not because I'm not enjoying it. I'm I'm loving it. It's fucking great. Uh, it's way better than I expected. Um, when I first heard about the show, even when I first saw the trailers, I was not excited um, because I just didn't see how they were going to have the budget to make a good show out of it and what kind of story were they going to tell and blah, 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 blah. But like, it's, it's very clever. Um, and I do feel like the characters are interesting. They're more interesting than most of the yep. uh, MonsterVerse characters. Yep. Um, and it does justify the whole two time periods thing and, you know, casting uh, Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell. Of course, that's like a genius move. It's awesome. Um, yep. <laughs> and it actually does not skimp on showing monsters, showing Titans, showing Godzilla. And I genuinely surprised by that. I wasn't sure they were going to do that. 
So, and I, I love all the stuff that takes place in Japan. Spread out. It is. It's very spread out. Like it's not. Yeah. You're not going to see a lot of monster on monster action or yeah. anything. But you see enough to get uh, wowed by it. Um, this is another example of Apple Plus just fucking killing it. <laughs> yeah, Apple Apple's hit to miss rate is so good. Yeah, it's not a hundred percent, but it's approaching. <laughs> it's so good. Like I'm I'm very impressed with Apple Plus. Of all the streaming services, it's the one that I think I have the highest opinion of. Yeah, it, they also don't release a lot. But what no, they, they don't. They don't try to do the whole quality, quantity over quality thing. Yeah, looking at you, Disney. <laughs> looking at you, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the Andor do Godzilla. Ah, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, but I can see that. Let, let me immediately. Uh, <laughs> Tamper down your expectations. It's not as groundbreaking as no, Andor. it's not Andor. It's not that good. But I mean, yeah. it is fun. It is, and it is more grounded than the MonsterVerse Godzilla. Like, don't compare this to Godzilla minus one. They're totally different yeah. subject matter. <laughs> um, yes, but at the same time, this is actually closer to Godzilla minus one than the rest of the MonsterVerse. Probably, yeah. Because this is a lot more like grounded, and this is more a lot more about the the human pain in the MonsterVerse. I think the the 2014 Godzilla was was trying to get to that. It just the human story was kind of weak and stupid. Yeah, they <laughs> they they wrote a character that is as exciting as a plank of wood, and then they cast Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's kind of yeah. his role in life. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for Craven. I was just about to make the same joke. <laughs> 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 I don't mind to make the same joke. Um, so what I say this is Andor to Godzilla is is that this is taking the ridiculous amount, uh, ridiculous parts of this over the top universe, and telling the story from a human perspective. And just like how I don't want every single Star Wars to be Andor, uh, I don't want ev- I don't want the MonsterVerse to become Morna. But right. I'm so glad it exists. Like the the reason things like Endor and Mona can uh, play around so much is like this is because the universe they're in are so out there and weird, and I really like that. No, I, really I agree, like and I do feel like this, even though it's still very out there and still very weird, I do feel like this does kind of fill in a lot of the gaps in the MonsterVerse where the MonsterVerse seems like it's a little over the top and ridiculous. This movie kind of holds it back a little bit and tries to explain things in a more rational way. Um, And I appreciate that. I do like that. And for people who are wondering how uh, we're uh, saying like it's grounded, it's grounded. Like they, they did do this trick where the present time, the modern time (laughs) setting is only after the Godzilla movie. It's not after like uh, it, it's set in 2016. It's uh, it's uh, between Mon- Godzilla and King of the Monsters. Yeah, yeah King of the Monsters hasn't happened yet, um, which is like the apocalypse. So like they couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. So Godzilla, like people know Godzilla is real now. Like uh, yeah. what they call is G Day happened. Oh god, uh, I love all the little touches in actual yeah. Japan where they have the like G evacuation lanes yeah. and all that kind of stuff and those drills. Oh, I love all of that stuff. That stuff like yeah. just tickled me so much. At the beginning, really grounded as well. Like there's people out there who think the Godzilla attack in San Francisco is faked. Is faked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like conspiracy theorists and stuff, like and how there's a 
industry has uh, propped up around uh, uh, Godzilla proofing, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I yeah. imagine that's how they're going to build in towards Apex, uh, the uh, the villain organization in the later movies. Right. Uh, like uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, but what I do want is the after this season's finished, I don't know how they're going to conclude the story. I want the next seasons to be set after King of Monsters, and then that can the work. One after Godzilla yeah. vs. Kong. I want I want this world revisited after the world know more and more about monsters, like because right now it is the real world, and people know about Godzilla and mutants, like, but. People don't know about the sheer amount of fucking time. Yeah, they haven't figured out the extent of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this is Um, about a group of people, like, figuring that out in the past, like, realizing the extent of the problem, and yeah, going from there. And uh, this movie is also not not afraid to make fun of the most of us like of course uh, you haven't, yeah, yeah. You, you haven't got into it but there's later lines that like of like uh, why why russell's uh, uh not why russell cut russell's character like uh, <laughs> just straight up mocking the movies like it's, it's like you guys have 60 years were prepared to a gd and the best you could do is let them fight <laughs> <laughs> okay Great that's line. funny <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's good uh which Lead me directly into how excited I am about <laughs> the Godzilla X Kong trailer. Same, like it's the it's the polar opposite end of the Godzilla spectrum. Yeah. from Godzilla yeah. minus one. This is Godzilla at you know the silly the silly end, which is fine. Yeah. I love yeah. silly Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't understand how people are like people are th- acting like they have to pick a side, like. <laughs> Whatever, fuckers. I'll be I'll be here enjoying all my I'll be here enjoying my steak dinner and my uh, chocolate flavor popcorn. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there are people upset that Godzilla's running. I mean, you know, he did fly that one time, right? <laughs> he fly a lot in the uh, old comic. It's so stupid. He he flew by using his atomic breath. Yeah, yeah. He was like hanging, like his tail was dragging on the ground. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I really hope he uses the topic plant to fly fly in this movie. Cause they're in Hollow Earth, so they do want they have already have wonky physics explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> it that scene did look a little bit goofy though. And I will complain about this. I don't like Hollow Earth. Like No, I think it's not- dumb. I always thought it was dumb, but <laughs> But like I don't I, it's dumb, but I don't mind it. But they need to give us a little bit more explanations. I don't mind there being scenes set there, but what I want is you need to set the majority of your fights, like kaiju fight scenes, in especially the final one in a city. Sorry, because that's what make kaiju movies good, like real life things to compare it to. Like, well, I mean, I that's what they did in uh, Godzilla versus Kong, where they had yeah. Godzilla and Kong and Mechagodzilla all in a city. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know it's harder. I know it's harder, like graphically wise you know so but do it <laughs> sorry <Yeah>. tough shit <laughs> you know, yeah. that that trailer looks so silly he they gave uh kong a gauntlet uh my theory <laughs> i haven't actually compared it but my theory is i think that's mechagodzilla's hand ah that would make total sense i didn't thought yeah. of that yeah i think i think at some point con will injure his hand and they will use the shell of mechagodzilla's hand to like kind of like use it as a brace that makes perfect sense. That's really good. I like, like I said, I hadn't thought of that. 
Um, the villain they have teased is like a evil giant orangutan, a so like essentially yeah. an evil Kong. Uh, I think I think they are more hidden villains. Probably. Yeah. Um, I know that Toho has been very cagey about the rights that they've given to Legendary, but they have basically hinted at the fact that they've given them more rights than we know of. So, like, I do think we might see other monsters that we've seen before. So. Well, if there's an evil Kong in this, I imagine there will be an evil Godzilla equivalent. Probably. So, like, Space Godzilla, or I don't actually know too much about the names of the Godzilla pantheon, other than the very obvious one that's, that everybody knows about. But they well, are Space multiple... Godzilla is a good one because he's basically just an evil Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like... But there are multiple, multiple evil Godzillas. Yeah, there are. There's, there's one that looked like an albino Godzilla as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and also, like, why are you upset that Godzilla is pink now? Who cares? <laughs> Damn it, it's woke culture. It's ruining our cinema. <laughs> also, they just try to sell new toys, guys. Come on. Yeah, man, that's all it's about. <laughs> that, that's also why Kong has a, has a gauntlet. <laughs> I actually think pink is better than the, like, hyper purple from Shin Godzilla. And I love Shin Godzilla, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I hate looking at the Shin Godzilla Godzilla. The like the he, way his he mouth like like, unhinges <laughs> is fucked up. <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, Anno did body horror. That's so surprising. By the way, the, <laughs> for the people audience, uh, if, in case they don't know, the director of Shin Godzilla is <laughs> the director Leon. of Neo Genesis Evangelion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, now that we've stopped talking about. <laughs> things that I mean, I could talk about of... Godzilla for days. So yes, <laughs> yes, me too. But uh, super excited about for that movie. Super excited about just just gen- I'm just so glad MonsterVerse is not dead. Yes, me too. Yeah. Like it's the one um, other cinematic universe that I've been rooting for, yeah. and I'm glad that it, it seems to be the one that's still chugging along and it hasn't had to try to reboot it yet. So yeah. I'm happy about that, and I hope it lasts. Yeah, because people really didn't go and watch uh king of monsters but for some reason people really showed up for godzilla versus kong yeah it was it was actually very fortuitous because like after i mean before king of monsters was even released they were already working on godzilla versus kong and a lot of the studio executives said they wouldn't have green lit it based on the box office of king of the monsters but it's a good thing they did because godzilla versus kong did really well yeah I like King of the Monster too, but King of the Monster had a lot of problems. Like it was the, the human characters. The human side is just worse. ridiculous. It's yeah. so absurd. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, even Charles Dunn couldn't bring his signature gravitas to this. <laughs> and Vera Farmiga's character is like so silly that even, you know, Blofeld would be like, come on, you know, tone it down a bit. <laughs> uh, Ghidorah is supposed to save the environment or something? Yeah, hey man, that thing that? is made out of radiation and fire. What do you think? It's usually from space. <laughs> you know, that, um, I don't know if you read the webcomic about Dead Space, where where the, the character is like, see, this is, is this is your religion? Look at the guy. Like, look at him. Yep. <laughs> he has no jaw. That's what I feel about the characters from King of Monsters. I'm like, this is this is your plan. This is your side. Look at it. <laughs> that that is made out of fire. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on from things that are kind of being universally praised to things 
stuck. Not doing too well. <laughs> the Marvels. <laughs> what did you think of the Marvels? I mean, I thought it was fine. I liked it. Um, I thought it was better than its reputation, for sure. Um, yeah. It I doesn't do think... have to be doing this badly. No, it does not. But I, I do but think that there great. are other systemic problems in Marvel that led to this. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it's necessarily this movie's fault. Um, I do think that the movie has one major problem, and that is it was clearly edited to a, within an yeah. inch of its life. Yes. It's missing oh, like God. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so much that was cut out of this movie, and it's obvious. Yeah. Um, and it I think that was at least different. 20 minutes longer. At yeah, least. at least. Yeah. Um, because I, and it also falls into a lot of similar Marvel traps, like very familiar Marvel traps, like the, the weak villain. But the thing about that weak villain is, yeah, Darben is, is not a very good villain, but she is actually written as an interesting villain yeah. who, who believes that what she's doing is right. And yeah. has that, and she, that she vengeance right. and yeah. very like thematically ties into what the story is trying to say. Yeah, but it, it just like it doesn't give her enough time to breathe. It doesn't really give yeah. her enough time to explain it, you know, like and I feel like I don't want to shit on the actress, but I don't think the actress did a very good job either. Um, and that was that kind of she kind doesn't of really me. have much to work with. Either. Exactly. And that's why I said I didn't really want to shit on her because I don't really feel like it's her fault. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's married to Tom Hiddleston. So how much can I insult her? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but i will say the other actors are fantastic and um you know i've always been a defender of brie larson um even though i oh, do think too. that i do think that her her performance in captain marvel is kind of wooden um but i think that's because her character has amnesia um <laughs> in yeah. this movie she's actually really really good like yeah. when she's given an actual character arc even if it is very truncated it, it actually yep. like she's able to show a lot more emotion and is a lot more human and is a lot more relatable and i thought she killed it in this movie she's great um so to all whenever you brie I, larson haters fuck off <laughs> yeah whenever i talk about brie larson i want i all uh, on the internet i like to refer to her as academy award winning actress yeah. brie larson because it, it pissed off the brie larson haters absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And let's get it straight. They don't hate her because of her performance in Captain Marvel. They hate her because of like shit that she said in interviews that they've taken way out of context. Yeah. And also they they also have decided like conspiracy theory wise that other Marvel cast hate her even though <laughs> That's just like, not clearly true. she is like best friends with Samuel L. Jackson. Right? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, they hang out outside of work. And also, like, who cares? Like, I don't like all my co-workers, you know? That's... And it and doesn't like... really even matter. Like, there are actors yeah. out there who I think are terrible human beings, but I like their yeah. movies. Like, I like Tom Cruise movies. I'm sorry, I do. I hate Tom Cruise, though. I hate Tom Cruise movie, and I also not liking a lot of Tom Cruise movies lately. I watched that uh, Mission Impossible Fallout recently. I'm like... Like, you know what I feel about Mission Impossible movies now? I feel like they are bad Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to disagree with you, but we don't have time to get into that. <laughs> I, I feel like um, I feel like Mission Impossible is just Fast and Furious that take itself too seriously. <laughs> I will say the Mission Impossible movies definitely do take themselves too seriously. I'll agree with you on that point. And they don't earn it. That last no, movie is ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't seen the most recent one. The last one I saw. Oh, was you fun. should watch it. It's yeah. by far the dumbest one. Also, like 
Mission Impossible movies have no continuity. Their continuity is so bad. And people pretend <laughs> like that's not the case. No, because it's, it's not great. It's 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 better than, say, the Fox X-Men, but that's about it. <laughs> They've retconned themselves, retconned very core things about the mythology of the universe like six times. They can't even decide whether or not the IMF work for the American government <laughs> or is a global organization. It changed movie to movie. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but... I will tell you one thing about one good thing about the latest uh, Mission Impossible movie. Um, I guess we also talk about Mission Impossible now. Put it in the show Why not? <laughs> um, The one thing that uh, they finally did it, uh, they have finally acknowledged that the IMF already exists and it's the International Monetary Fund. <laughs> they put a little <laughs> joke about it in the latest movie. They, <laughs> they have to reveal the existence of the uh, IMF to like the chief of security or something and the guy's like international monetary fund he's like no no nothing to do with the world bank the other one (laughs) the one with the much dumber title yeah Uh, uh, but anyway getting back to the marvels (laughs) yeah getting back to the marvels um all the character, the main three characters' interactions, and even all their side characters, supporting characters like Miss um, Marvel's family and Nick Fury, all their interactions are great. That's what's great about this movie. Yeah, and um, I agree. And I think I, I'm glad that the that the Nick Fury character in this movie is more like the Nick Fury we we know from other movies, and not the Nick yeah. Fury from Secret Invasion, <laughs> which which retroactively makes Secret Invasion even worse. <laughs> it does, yeah. But I'm fine with that because. Fuck secret invasion. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, like I'm not like I'm a massive believer of um, if you miss with something, something like in a franchise, you just keep going. Like yeah. you just keep going, you build off it. But secret invasion is the first time in which I'm like, if Marvel decided that that never happened, if they just like remove it from Disney Plus and never talk yeah. about it again, I'd be fine. Fair, with it. yeah. <laughs> It's like, such I a clusterfuck. <laughs> I don't even want that done to Rise of Skywalker, which I also really hate. But I want that done to this. <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm a Valiani, a Valiani, sorry, oh, she's like I'm the heart and soul of the movie. She's fantastic. She's so good. Yeah. Um, and anybody who has anything bad to say about her just has no heart and has no soul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's and, great. She's fantastic. And Marvel should not rethink her role in the MCU or course correct in any way, shape, or form. She, they need to steamroll full steam ahead <laughs> in making her front center of uh, of the new face of Marvel because they hit gold here and she's young and she's keen. They could, You could have her on board for like a decade or two, guys. Like, Yeah, and honestly, like, I'm more excited about the idea of her and the young Avengers going yeah. forward than I am the whole multiverse saga. Like, I'm, I'm totally more on board with the Young Avengers than I am Kang. Especially with Jonathan Major things recently. <laughs> yeah, um, man. Uh, Those have, texts have are the, really bad. <laughs> have you seen the latest footage? It is It is a very serious matter, but I can't help but laugh. It's so like, weird. Like, like they're chasing each away. other down the street. It's <laughs> yeah. so fucking bizarre. Yeah. I don't know what to make of the whole situation, but even if he is completely innocent of actual domestic abuse he's still proven himself to be kind of a dickhead <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh, and by the way the story from both sides like they do they, they don't 
disagree about uh, what's happening in that footage is that uh, <laughs> both Jonathan Major and the girlfriend Aces apparently she uh, missed that. Apparently she found a text message from another woman under the name Cleopatra, Cleopatra. which is an extra <laughs> added funny thing um, on his phone that is like clearly like he's cheating on her, right? Uh, right. And, <laughs> And uh, there's disagreement about exactly what kind of scruffle happened. This was clearly a scuffle. Uh, and his solution was to just take the phone and lag it. <laughs> <laughs> and her solution is to chase after him. And this chase happened like three blocks. You guys need to watch this video. It's insane. Like, and the driver, and- the poor driver, like actually called back to the company. He's like, what should I do? And they're just like, <laughs> pull over and wait. <laughs> <laughs> like I know, I know. At the core of the topic is domestic violence. Oh, it's not a this, funny topic, but there, this, you gotta find the humor in funny. it. This footage yeah. is funny. You, <laughs> they also super dressed up, and he's like, he's dressed like a superhero. Like he's wearing yeah. a weird coat, and he's just <laughs> lagging it just down three blocks. <laughs> and it just makes me think of like, what's the plan, Jonathan Majors? Like, you got like, she's your girlfriend. Like, your solution is run away. <laughs> like, you can't run forever. You live together. <laughs> he even tried to get a head start by like pushing her back into the car while he yeah. ran. <laughs> Yeah. So weird. And for the weirdos who always think like the men, like when a man get like, they're they are weird people who deliberately come out to defend men in situations like this. And who are saying this footage uh, exonerate Jonathan Major. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, yes, he's running away, but like, it, this is just weird. Like, it, it, it doesn't prove that he isn't abusive. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll um, see what happens. The verdict should probably come in a few days, maybe before this is even published. So, yeah, and also, and also, uh, there has been some breaking news that um, there is a clause in Jonathan Major's contract, supposedly that nobody else can play car. Well, that's a fucked up thing to put in your contract. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> because because it's a multiverse movie. I guess they he wanted job security, um, mm. so that might fuck us. <laughs> that might explain all the the replacing him with Doom talk, which didn't make any sense to me before. But now with you saying that, that does make a little bit more sense. Yeah, because otherwise just recast Khan, right? Uh, right. But yeah, like if that is in his clause, um, and if he's not willing to get paid out of the clause, you know, like enough money can fix any problems. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And also like uh, replacing with Doom is not as insane as everybody's suggesting it is because there is a secret war story with Doom. Yeah, exactly. Like it it makes perfect Uh, sense to me. Yeah. It is in fact the better and more popular secret war story. The original secret war is guys, it's not, good (laughs) it's one of those like massive crossover things that people remember fondly because they they were young when it came out or it was such a big iconic event when they come out you know and even if they didn't like it then they look back at it now with rose to their glasses it happened with a lot of comic crossovers most giant comic crossovers are bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're made for financial reason like go read the original civil war like only like 20-30% of the original Civil War content is good. The rest is insane. There's a lot of garbage in the Civil War. And I like yeah. the Civil War more than you do, but you're right. Yeah. 
Uh, same thing with Secret Wars, same thing with Infinite Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earth. All of them have a lot of garbage in it. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about Secret Wars is uh, Spider-Man getting the black suit. That was, a, that was the best thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so going back to the Marvels again, we keep getting distracted. Um, <laughs> it's uh, that extra 20, 30 minutes I want them to add is character moments. Oh, absolutely. Like, especially the dynamic between um, Rambo and uh, Captain Marvel. Like, I feel like that their tension was resolved too quickly. And it, yeah. it didn't, again, it wasn't given any time to breathe. There wasn't any, yeah. like, real plot tension. It was just, they distrusted each other, then they talked it out, and then they were fine. And then that was, yeah. like, halfway through the movie. And it felt really weird and out of place yeah. to me. And it's clearly, they were clearly trying to set it up as Miss Marvel being in the middle and her sheer positivity kind of affecting both of characters in a way that they reconcile. But it it wasn't done that well. Like, it's still okay. I still like it. Like, I still get that hint. You still get the point, yeah. Yeah, but you have to do a little bit, a lot more emotional legwork. Like, the the movie wasn't that good at showing it. Uh, But, God, Miss Marvel carried this movie. I really love that scene where where she they were about to go to that musical planet and Captain Marvel is being cagey about it and Miss Marvel's like, Yeah, you said that really weird <laughs> <laughs> And when it comes like, Yeah, yeah, why did you say that weird? And that every time they all on the screen together, it feels like they are three friends bickering, you know? Yeah. Like uh, chatting. Like it's it's so good. Like it's like their chemistry is so natural. And I will say that the action sequences where they're all like playing off of each other's powers yep. and switching back and forth after they have that montage. Like I like yep. all of that. Um, yep. It works really well and it's very well choreographed. So yep. yeah. If you stop and think about it, it doesn't make any sense. But no, it, it doesn't make well. any sense, but you don't just don't just, it's a comic yeah. book movie. Don't think about it. There's also <laughs> a very, very weird edit in the first, uh, first act about Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel just showing up in a different planet randomly and you're like wait oh what? yeah yeah i was very <laughs> lost there yeah, yeah, yeah and i'm like i guess she can like fly really fast we know that but this is still a weird card <laughs> <laughs> um uh, uh the fight scenes the problem with the darwin itself is they didn't bring in enough muscles to be a threat she wasn't really a credible the... threat yeah 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 like it, uh, not not visually, not like cinematic. No, I know what you mean. You know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like we get that her plan is a real threat, and she is actually like she is actually a very competent villain. She has destroyed worlds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like um, visually, it wasn't very cinematic. Like, guys, three people need to fight three people, especially if the if there's more heroes than villains. Like, seriously, like you need to learn that. You know, <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, at some point, it just looked like they bully. Um, <laughs> um, my favorite scene, the that musical planet uh, thing, need to be longer. Like I know people find it cringy. I know a lot of people hate it, but I think I, it's because I they don't come into the joke. I mean, I uh, I don't know if I agree, but like maybe you're right. Maybe I, if they committed to it a little bit more, it would have been a little bit better. But I, I think there was a literal musical number it. that they cut off. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a legit like song musical number that they cut off. Like, okay. I think it probably didn't test well because it's so weird, and I think they cut it. And I, I think I, I agree that it's cringy, but I think it's supposed to be cringy. I think. Okay, fair enough. I just I don't like it. <laughs> uh, 
I like it how in, on that planet, Miss Marvel is just dancing the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's like, cute. She, yeah, she's doing like TikTok dances, <laughs> which <laughs> some people might hate, but like she's that age. She's the appropriate age, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at some point, she's doing the dance uh, from of Elaine, <laughs> the Elaine dance, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she was also doing that. Um, that um, Monica from Friends, um, the actress, what, she was in a music video. The party in the USA or born in the USSR, whatever. Like she, she, she danced on the stage in the music video. Um, okay. The guy I'm from. Not- the guy from Fresh Prince actually steal it, and people think that's his. Dad. Oh, that okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about now. Okay, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to see. I very much doubt there will be a Captain Marvel three. I mean, honestly, this isn't even a isn't even a Captain Marvel two. Uh, but maybe there'll be a Marvels two. I hope yeah, we get I mean... a Miss Marvel movie. Just give us a movie with Miss Marvel as a main character. Come on. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do like Captain Marvel more after the Marvels than I did before, like, as a character. I think she yeah. has more room to be a good character in the MCU. Um, yeah. And I do hope that they don't drop her. I do hope that she can. I hope they don't. I hope they don't drop her because we cannot. We do not negotiate with terrorists. We cannot let the worst <laughs> of the internet win. We cannot. You see, whatever with the Snyderverse, if you if you let them win, they just gonna be getting involved. Do not let them win, Disney. Do not do this. <laughs> or like, I was having a conversation with somebody else on a, a a YouTube thing, and like, I had to watch a few really toxic channels just to have a frame of reference. And now on YouTube, I'm getting all this shit just constantly recommended to me from like. You know, nerd rotic or critical drinking. I'm just about to say really toxic fucking shit. <laughs> Dude, those two channels you named are the one literally this week I just told YouTube to stop recommending me because I yeah. they keep recommending me videos from Nerd Rotic. There was one erotic nerd rotic one about Godzilla minus one because I I've been watching some Godzilla minus one stuff, I guess. It's like this right. is what happened when it's no longer woke. And I'm like, fuck off, Nutrotic. <laughs> like, I don't understand how you put on pants in the morning. You don't even have even a basic media literacy <laughs> and the critical drinker just makes me sad because i actually used to like him now he's just become like his own worst enemy he's become the toxic fan base that uh it just uh, it makes me mad <laughs> critical drinker make me feel like he's my ghost of christmas future like i feel <laughs> i feel like if i get visited by th- by three ghosts like in the, in critical drinker is one of the persons they will show me <laughs> because as somebody who who like drinking and who like his rants <laughs> and i'm like oh there go by the grace of god god i <laughs> could have been that monster <laughs> uh Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, let's talk about other things I watched. Uh, have you gone and watched the new Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron? No, I really want to. I saw a preview for it in front of Godzilla. Um, and, you know, obviously it's it's uh, Miyazaki's last movie, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like his fifth last movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we're laughing. Because yeah. this is I actually saw a meme recently. <laughs> recently that's like uh disney oh god i think we're in a uh, we're in a creative rut i guess <laughs> Ghibli. 
We cannot stop this old man from making another movie about <laughs> loss. Please help. <laughs> uh, I have yet to see a Miyazaki movie I don't love, so I'm sure when I do eventually see The Boy and the Heron, I will love it. So... <laughs> And to be clear, not all Ghibli movies are Miyazaki movies. Some people are not clear on that. He doesn't make no. every single Ghibli movie. There are Studio Ghibli movies that are misses. That's true. Um, yeah. Tales from the Earth Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Why do um, I even own a copy of that fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that they decide to adapt the second book in the series. Oh, doesn't make any sense. We talked about this when we talked about Earth Sea, yeah. Um <laughs> but uh, 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 but all the Miyazaki movies are hit. I I like this one. I'm not, but I didn't come out of it being like wow. Right. Okay. I am gonna I am gonna admit I was also a little bit drunk when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I am not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> like more than usual. Like like to a point where I'm like maybe I should watch it again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I fell asleep for like two minutes. <laughs> So you're you're basically saying this is more like um this is more of a Ponyo than a Princess Mononoke kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh storyline wise is it's a little bit of a uh spirit away because like it's like real It looked world, a lot like spirit fantasy away, but... world yeah. colliding. Uh it is also we it is also a bit weird. It ends so abruptly. Like the movie just ends. I'm like, wait, like, is that going to be? I, I thought I literally was like, much like Elf, I was waiting for like an epilogue, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> I guess, I guess, technically you resolved everything, I guess, but still. <laughs> That's how Miyazaki's actual last movie is going to end because he's just going to die in the middle of making it. <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to stop him. <laughs> uh, the the voice cast is stacked. Which is all Ghibli movies these days, right? Because right. They, can, they can afford the money and they have enough uh, enough uh, reputation and Hollywood people who actually love Ghibli movies that they get them. They get like great big names. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, read out some of the names, right? Okay. Rob Robert Pattinson, and if you if you go watch the movie, the character he played, I did not realize he was Robert Pattinson at all. He he well he he played the heron. And the heron okay. is a weird little freak. <laughs> like, <laughs> at some point in the movie, the heron uh, is not a majestic creature. He had more in common with Danny DeVito <laughs> than Robert Pattinson. <laughs> That's pretty and, weird. <laughs> yeah, Robert Pattinson turned out he's a great voice actor. Uh, Karen Fukuha uh, Fukuhara uh, is in it as well. Uh, if you don't know who, who, who that is, that is Kamiko from The Voice. Or uh, Katana from Suicide Squad, of course. <laughs> she has my back. Uh, Gemma Chen from your Eternals fame. Yeah. Christian Bale. Mark Hamill. I don't know who that is. Who's Christian Bale? <laughs> the kid from Empire of the Sun, that one? Yeah. yeah. Mark Hamill, you know, the the, the kid from uh, the last, not the last, right? What's the video game he's in? <laughs> <laughs> wing commander he's in the wing, wing commander, commander yes yeah. mark hamill's from wing command uh florence and Pugh, the guyver <laughs> william dafoe dave batista like this is that's a fucking that's a that's yeah. a cast list man <laughs> yeah and dan stevens is in it 
as well. Like he's the guy from Legions. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. He he voiced a parakeet. It's very weird. <laughs> uh, part of it really funny. Like um, uh, the parakeets. There are men eating parakeets in this movie that are hilarious. They by far okay. like the breakout characters of the movie. And Dan Stevens is one of those. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, go watch it, I guess. Uh, or you know, if you watch it drunk, go watch it again. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm gonna end this episode by a big pitch for Pluter. It's on Netflix. It is a eight episode animated series, and each episode is quite long. They like an hour or so. Okay, it's so good. Uh, I'm gonna give you. There's a reason why I put this last because I'm gonna give you guys levels of pitch. I'm gonna give you more and more information as I go along. If any point you are already sold on this show, just stop listening. And that's for the audience. You can't leave, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> just stop listening and, and skip ahead to the end and just watch the show and listen to the rest after. Um, uh, because the listeners can't tell, but I have been tied to this chair. I'm not sure how we did it from Australia, but I'm stuck. <laughs> I've just been bribing your son. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, the basic level page about whether or not you like this show is it's a little bit uh, Blade Runner slash Android Dreams of Electric Sheep. The, the thing at the center of the movies is do robots are robots humans? But the okay, way they sold. Do, <laughs> you already the got way me. Deal, the way they deal with it is like it's worthy of uh, a modern tale. Saying this because. Uh, there is like a false conceit of those stories because the the uh, because of uh, Blade Runner being the first one, it's it's really like it, it is legitimately asking that movie. But almost every single that kind of stories that come after is really they're not asking it. Like they the 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 show or the movie is not gonna settle on no. Actually, they're just robots. <laughs> you know, True. it's not really a question. <laughs> it is a foregone conclusion. The robots are. Humans, you know, they, um, you know, and I think modern modern um, shows that tackle that subject, they need to realize that it's not really a question. They need to stop pretending it's a question. <laughs> Just go straight into it. And this movie does do that. Like even from the beginning, it's like, yeah, robots are humans. <laughs> you know, like they they, they, have, they they have feelings. You know, um, uh, at its core, it's a detective story. Somebody is killing the world's strongest robots, like the popular celebrities and like world's most advanced and the best robots. Um, there is a background of a great, like, massive uh, international war um, that has happened uh, a few years ago that had um, that had all these robots participated in, and then somebody is killing them off one by one, and one detective who's also a robot is investigating it um so that's the central core of this show so i can see why you immediately mentioned blade runner yeah i mean i'm already sold um it sounds interesting i I have legitimately uh, i'm already sold like yeah i'm not kidding (laughs) i have another reveal revelation to give Uh, this is not much of a twist because even if you don't know it going in uh, for example, the marketing give it away. But even if you don't g- g- know it going in, 
you know you find out by the end of episode one. This is set in the Astro Boy universe. Oh, okay. Well, that's a yeah. curveball. <laughs> yeah. So Pluto is actually based on a, a manga of the same name, which is a more mature, modern reinterpretation of a story arc from the original uh, Astro Boy movie. Uh, so Astro Boy uh, uh, manga. Right. Uh, so yeah, this is like a this is like an animation of the manga that has already adapted that story arc into a more mature story. Interesting. Um, and uh, Astro Boy is one of the characters. He's one of the he's one of the world's strongest robots that are in danger. He's not the main character. Uh, he he does become a major character uh, like like towards the end of the series. He is in fact not in most of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, so if there's if there is something to it, the ending is a little bit uh, not the same in the tone as the rest of the uh, show, but it is still a great show. Um, and there, I feel like there are like multiple story arcs, and most of the story arcs are so good. Uh, so knowing that much, just uh, go watch. But I want to talk more about it uh, because this is such a like a great modern interpretation of uh, Astro Boy, and also I, I actually posted uh, about this in a in a giant uh, group that we belong to, where people are like kind, kind and cool, uh, very unlike the internet. And I started a discussion about it. A lot of people actually have watched the whole series without realizing it's an Astro Boy series. <laughs> because what most people don't know is Astro Boy's name isn't Astro Boy; his name is Atom. Like the original right. Japanese name for Astro Boy is Astro Boy Atom, and in the in the show they never said Astro Boy because that's not yeah, but, his name. They just call okay. him Atom. One question: In the yeah. show, does he have guns coming out of his butt? Uh you mean his feet? No, his feet are rockets. In yeah, the Astro Boy manga, the guns are out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he no, he doesn't have that. He, he's okay. Because if he did, I'm like, there's only one character who has that. <laughs> he looked like Astro Boy, but because they never say Astro Boy, they just call him Atom. Like, it's really <laughs> funny. A lot of people are like, when I when I made it up, they're like, oh, that makes sense. Because I we we finished the series, we're like, man, that guy, Atom kid looked a lot like Astro Boy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason to that. <laughs> um. It also does the thing where, like, it does that weird Astro Boy character design, uh, as well as the like uh, actual modern drawings that make humans look like humans. Right. <laughs> um, so the mismatch of art is also very interesting. And man, some of it is really sad. Like, I, I, I have to admit, like, I cried at like three separate moments. <laughs> Were you sober? Uh, not for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good show. Like it's it's a it's like a modern Blade Runner. It's um it, it have uh, hints of like, like some of the quieter Battlestar Galactica episodes where they they are examining what it means to be a silo. Right, right. Like not those necessarily good about the space so, fights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it have hints of those. Like it obviously have hints of Blade Runner. It have hints of iRobot, and they don't reiterate the. Even though they are, they this is well track ground, right? Like like robots and souls and humanity and stuff, right? Uh, 
they ask the same question without, without retreading the whole the same ground. Like for example, uh, uh, they do laws of robotics. They do like, oh, how can robot like like how can robots kill a human thing? But at the same time, a robot human murder has already happened. Like it's already a history part of that. Like right. they actually have a robot locked up, which has already committed murder, and um, they would they. They don't. They imply. They don't say. But Astro Boy pinned him to a wall with a gigantic lens, and they're so afraid of moving him that they just kind of build a prison around him. Oh my god! (laughs) That robot is just there. (laughs) He's still pinned to it. Like he can still talk. Like he get visitors, but they they just like. We don't want to unplug him. Like we don't know how he managed to kill a person. We don't know what happened to his programming. So we're just gonna leave him here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so funny, and a lot of the uh, it's so good, and there are like some legitimate funny moments as well. And Atom slash Esther Boy is like charming, and they do this thing that um, it never did in the original anime and the manga and they never go super t- deep into it but there are flashes of showing the idea that astro boy slash atom is not a little boy he is mature like he is like he is a fully functional well-rounded goddamn human being <laughs> just in a little boy body that he will never grow out of and right and they they do this repeated uh motif of like the robots eat to put on a show they don't need to eat like they they do a lot of human things just so humans are comfortable and so they can and they they can add more humans like ah, and there's a like lot those of wayland like, yutani androids yeah, yeah yeah they do they do a lot of um fake it until you make it as well they're like you know like there's little things about they're like oh you know i can almost like taste the food like i have been pretending for so long and there is an implication that they never really go into that astro boy act like a little boy because he need to act like a little boy because he looks like a little boy you know (laughs) right right it's some kind of like determinism Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but the the uh the main character is gazeked uh he's a french robot detective (laughs) <laughs> awesome like, i'm like down he, yeah he he's he, you will love him he's like he's he's a, a very noir robot and there's more to it uh, more to his backstory as well there's a mystery to be solved but he's the one he's he's one of the most famous and powerful robots but he's also the one investigating this serial murder uh but yeah he his character is so good this show is so good people need to go watch it and it's called pluto because uh uh it's the name of the villain, like the the the, the villain robot, uh, is Pluto. And if like it, this will be like calling a show Vader. Like people, Japanese people are familiar with the name Pluto. Like it is a famous uh, astroid villain from when they were young. Okay. It's, no, I mean like yeah. it sounds great. Like you've got you've got robots. You've got like this Blade Runner dystopia. You've got like um, you've got it's not dystopia. Detective. It's in fact know. a utopia with a undertone. Well, that's cool. Uh, I mean, and you got like a serial killing robot thing. I mean, it's great. Like, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. It yeah. Sounds fun. Uh, and it's Astro it, Boy. And it's and it's Astro Boy. And um, they don't have real nations in it for except for Japan. Uh, but they also have quite clearly stand in 
I didn't even know. I didn't even tell you about this one bit. Part of it is also about the Iraq War. It's quite clearly about the Iraq War. It's a metaphor for the Iraq War. Of course. Why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's about PTSD as well. Like, all these robots have PTSD. And, um, yeah, it's about the Iraq War. And the, the standing for America is also the worst. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, people. Everybody should go and check it out. Go watch it. Um, and Eric, I to a point where I think you, if you watch it, if you like it enough, maybe we should actually even do a couple of episodes on it. And to the audience, if you go and watch it and you like it, or if you already seen it and you want us to do an episode on it, like maybe even like two episodes, because it's there's a lot of content in there and there's a lot to chew into. Let us know. Write in. Um, yeah, we still haven't decided heap. what we're doing next. So yeah. yeah. Streaming heap at outlook.com. If you want us to tackle Pluto uh, early next year until you know major things like come up, like you know, Halo season two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and we will release that unreleased episode about the Halo finale at some point. <laughs> we will. Um, probably as Halo season two is about to come out. <sighs> But yeah, uh, so if you want us to talk about Pluto, uh, send us an email. That's once again, the streaming heap at outlook.com. And if you listen to us on any platform, especially uh, um, iTunes or yeah, whatever they're Apple, calling it now, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, leave us a five star review. It really helps with uh, discoverability. <laughs> you almost got it, you're yeah. getting there. <laughs> um, and just tell your friends and hey thanks for sticking with us and sorry for the long reference the long absence uh, check, check it next week again for the next uh, um, Christmas episode where we talk about Kremlins until next time this has been the streaming heat I've been Lynn and I've been Eric and life is but a stream that you've insulted me you sound <laughs> so there's no evidence on file <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs>